Hey, and welcome to another episode of The Places Between, where we talk all about navigating life's transitions. I'm Susanna, obviously not your normal host, but that's because today we're going to get to talk to our awesome host, Wendy. She's going to share a little bit about her own life story. So join us as we dive into Wendy's life, where she'll share with us some of the highs and lows of her own journey and how she learned that life is not about having it all figured out, but it really is about the journey indeed. So grab a cup of coffee, grab a chair, and dive in with us to The Places Between. When you find yourself between here and there, the now and the then, it can feel difficult to embrace life and all that it has to offer, especially when you feel like you haven't arrived yet. Wherever you're at, though, we want to help in that beautiful struggle of transitioning well through aspects of faith and life with The Places Between, a podcast all about transitions. Hi, I'm your host, Wendy. I'm a storyteller and a creative with a passion for adventure, fitness, and faith. What began as a love for travel, experiences, and community turned into helping clients around the country tell their own stories and inviting others to join them. I've always been passionate about people fully living. That means navigating those places between, opening up a safe space to have conversations and encouraging growth along the journey. So join me as we explore what it's like to transition well on the places between. Wendy, welcome. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to hear you talk about your own life story and really dive in deep to some of the things you've experienced. Tell us what is kind of a snapshot of your life? What does the world see? Absolutely. I call myself a storyteller and a creative. Essentially, I'm an event planner and producer with a passion for faith, fitness, adventures, community, you name it. I love to come along the journey with people as they're doing life. And how I do that is through events and media. Awesome. So when we think, I know one of the things we want to go into on this podcast and in a lot of our guests is really the idea of identity. How did you find your identity and good or bad? What is kind of the narrative that you either grew up with versus the narrative that you have now about who you are? Mm -hmm. I'm going to jump back a little bit just to growing up. I grew up with two parents, a dog and a cat and a picket fence and everything you could have asked or wanted as a kid. But somewhere early on in life, I made an agreement with a lie that I wouldn't be worth or worthy of someone's attention or love unless I was like skinny enough or pretty enough. And unfortunately, I think that really shaped my narrative as I went through high school and as I went into college. You know, I think about when I was in college and how I really, really wanted to be an actress and I wanted to go straight into Hollywood and transform Hollywood. And I felt called to tell people stories. What I didn't know was that through acting, that would actually lead me down the path. I was in the middle of Los Angeles or right outside of Los Angeles, as you can imagine, because you were my roommate. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I can literally remember. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> so here we are, 18 years old, and we're diving into this media performance. Not only are we focused on stage and film, theatrical training, all these things, but we're also in this generation where at the time, Hollywood was preaching this, you have to be as skinny as possible. I don't know if you remember that. I remember, you know, the Friends era of just seeing how thin these actresses would get. And obviously, if they were successful, I attached their value to how they looked, which then translated to me. So I have jokes that I didn't necessarily gain the freshman 15 of college. I gained the high school 20 because I started high school at a certain weight and then gained a little bit more weight throughout high school. And then by freshman year, I added on another five pounds. I remember after my freshman year of college, waiting tables back in Colorado over a summer break. And somebody had asked me for my number. You know, I didn't have a boyfriend at the time. And I remember actually thinking, why on earth would he want to take me out? What makes me worth it? My self-esteem was just so, so low. What I didn't know was that the Lord was actually um, allowing my circumstances to become uncomfortable enough that I really questioned whether or not I wanted to be an actress with all of the pressure. Somehow that caused me to go into a pursuit of what else is there in the film and media industry besides acting. That's where I fell in love with the concept of storytelling and actually producing. So from a young age, I loved telling people stories. I loved acting out people's stories. I loved finding out people's stories. I loved TV shows and films that I could picture myself in. And all I wanted to do was relate to the people that were on screen and then the people that were off screen. And I think the Lord allowed my uncomfortability to actually relate to wanting to tell a story that people could relate to. It was right after college. I had a goal of living four different places for at least six months at a time. I did not make it to all four of those places, but I did make it to a couple. My first move was to Seattle, Washington, rather than New York City, because I knew one person in Seattle. And I had moved up to Seattle and While I was in the Northwest, I discovered this nonprofit up there that was doing a skateboarding film. And it was all about these edgy athletes that were skateboarding and BMXing and living their lives, but they were also living their lives for Jesus Christ. Now, mind you, I'm going to go into Hollywood. I want to transform Hollywood. I'm going to become this huge producer or maybe even a news anchor so I could tell all the stories. What I didn't know was that my experience through working on this film is I would fall in love with ministry and getting to be around these edgy athletes that I wanted to be like. Let's be real. They were all real good looking. (laughs) I was what they do, right? Right? Totally. Totally attractive qualities and love Jesus. And I was this 22, 23 year old that I just, I wanted to be around them. And yet I wanted to tell stories and they were telling their testimonies about coming to know the Lord and how Jesus became not just 
this guy they heard about on Sundays, but how Jesus became their best friend and their confident and their in a father figure, like love interest, their counselor, their, their supporter, their family, just everything. And I knew that I didn't know Jesus like that. And I wanted to know Jesus the way that they knew Jesus. And because of my experience of working in this nonprofit, it was actually for Luis Palau. He sadly just passed away from earth to heaven. And we all get to look forward to seeing him again someday. But he had an incredible ministry down here. And that is what literally forever shaped my life to want to go towards the nonprofit route of event planning and producing and telling people's stories that way. And then I can share more later. But that led to youth conference ministry, which led to working with Caleb Radio, which then led to doing some freelancing. So amazing. I want to bring it back a little bit really quickly. You said something about making an agreement with a lie. Mm. So can you unpack that language a little bit? What does that mean to make an agreement with a lie? I think we all experience it now, even through the possibility of scrolling social media. There's something that happens if we're not in the best headspace. Imagine being on your phone scrolling through, you see an image of what a perfect, quote unquote, perfect life looks like. And you picture your life and then you picture their life and somehow they have something that you don't. Somewhere along the journey, I think we make agreements or we hear these other voices. Oftentimes it's described as our own voice. Typically it's a condemning thought. It's basically like, you're never going to be blank enough to X, Y, Z. I remember doing a group when I was in my mid twenties and going around the circle. And this is how I had actually identified that I was believing this lie. Right. There was a small group of about 15 people and we went around the circle and it was just like, what if you always believe about yourself that might not be true, that somehow somewhere along your journey, you thought was true. But then people you meet wouldn't necessarily think that about you. I hear one lady say, I'm not a good enough mom because I'm not doing enough activities with my kids. I hear another girl say, I'm not fun enough because I don't go do outdoors things all the time. And then it it goes around the circle. And I remember it comes to me and I think I'm not worthy of love or I'm not good enough for somebody's love because I'm not pretty enough or I'm not thin enough. There were certain circumstances. My dad really, really loved me. Uh Our love language was very, very different. I didn't understand until I was 18 years old that the way that he showed me he loved me was through changing my car oil or rotating my tires or doing something manly to help his little girl. And I was going, please spend time with me. Please tell me how much you adore me. I think that's so powerful. I think that's so profound that we can believe something. And it seems like for you, that narrative kind of set you kind of on a journey emotionally, even though you were still doing all these great things with going to school and going to college and that kind of thing. And then during that time period of really getting to kind of see, I don't want to 
be an actor, but I do want to do something in this field. And then going to that ministry and it's like, God redirected, mm-hmm. you know, interceded <laughs> or, or really to get your attention on this, on this next journey. I had heard you say once about what people to feel loved and to really know the hope they have in Jesus, no matter what their circumstances in life are. Hearing you talk about your dad and that kind of that that lie that you believed about yourself, it, it seems to tie so much into you want people to feel loved, to really yeah. know that they're loved and that they have hope in Jesus no matter what their life situation. Can you share a little bit about, about that? Yeah, it's funny. It actually comes to mind this story. So I have an older sister who I love dearly. She used to tell, and she still tells like all of her friends, I wasn't the kid that brought home stray animals as a kid. Like I didn't like find a dog on the side of the road and bring that home. (laughs) Um, I actually brought home stray friends, (laughs) which is probably not the nicest thing to say, but from an early, early age, I always gravitated towards kids that came potentially from a single parent home or they didn't have a lot of money. So there was a struggle there to provide new clothes. They had a lot of hand-me-downs or they, I would notice that they were hungry a lot. So I was always trying to bring in friends to experience like, come have dinner with my family or that's okay. We'll, we'll take care of it and we'll pay for it. And just like, I always wanted people to feel included. Something that has shaped my adulthood being in my later thirties now I am still single. Mm-hmm. I have dated some incredible men. I look back at some of my relationships and I thank God for the opportunities to date some of these men because of how much I learned and grew through the process. Yeah. And some of these guys, I would look back and actually be like, you know what? They're still an amazing guy. We just weren't the right fit. Something that I also look back and I think through the struggle that I had as a younger female of wanting that love and affection and really thankfully because of my relationship with the Lord, honestly, he had put this protection around me that caused me to never want to settle. And it also caused me to actually be able to look outwards of like, I know that this was a struggle of mine feeling the value of how I looked or how I felt from an early age. But then once that lie was discovered and I was able to discover my true identity in Jesus and how he is the ultimate provider and how he is the one that can bring freedom to any situation, regardless of how hopeless it seems, I just want people to experience the freedom that he brings. I don't have it all figured out, but... I do know that doing life with him in the journey is a heck of a lot easier. And professionally, my career is I'm an event planner and producer, and I help clients tell their stories through events and media. Somewhere in the mix of things, I thought it would be fun to also be a fitness instructor on the side. (laughs) Yes. So I got my personal certification. I coached classes. I worked for Orange Theory Fitness and Fit36 and have entertained conversations with Eat the Frog and even got to do basketball ministry with Basketball Maui. And 
have gotten to be around some incredible athletes, but then that also comes with people that are not happy with who they are. They want to lose weight to feel better. They want to get in better shape so that they can do more. And a lot of that kind of translated, a lot of my journey translates to how can we be the best version of ourselves Mm -hmm. while we're going through from A to B or through a fitness journey or on the process. ourselves during that process. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about this passion for events. We kind of understand how it came about from being in Seattle and that experience. So what is it now? What has kept you going in that space? I remember experiencing a music festival. This is probably over 10 years ago. And I remember they said that there was an estimated 100,000 people outside. Wow. And so, I mean, just imagine like Coachella or just like the largest music festival when we could all meet. Right. Um, But you can imagine, and they had these jumbotrons that were probably like 50 foot big, large screen TVs, and they would play somebody's testimony. And I remember between bands, there would be a testimony, which is a story basically of someone's experience on screen. And it would be highly produced and it'd be in a really sweet atmosphere or environment. But a lot of times they would share their story. And I remember thinking, if one person in the audience relates to it, one person and their life is forever changed and they have forever hope, then that makes it worth it. So for me with events and media, I think it's a great way to reach the masses. And we have this thing at our fingertips to be able to hand craft the message or the means like the media, the music, the lights, the show, all of this stuff to deliver an experience. And because I know it's way bigger than me, I know that it's so much bigger than just my life. And I know that that's, you know, when I wake up in the morning, of course I have my to-do list to do. And I think about what's going to happen later this week, but I am thinking long-term, where am I going and who do I want to impact and how is this going to set up a future generation and how are future generations from there going to be impacted? Yeah. And the eternal impact. I really do see in your life. There is that motivation also from an eternal standpoint, from the people getting to know Jesus and walking in freedom with him on to eternity. So tell us a little bit along that line. You just recent, like just this, podcast itself, the places between. But as you're sharing about that, also, please tell us you wrote a beautiful book recently. Can you tell us how that came about? Yeah, thank you. It's a 25-day devotional. It's short little chapters, anywhere from two to four pages each. So it's meant to be pretty much something that people can pick up at any time. They don't have to go 25 days in a row. They can sit down and read a chunk all at once, or they can go 25 weeks if they want stuff to like mull over. It's called Stay in the Story. And it really is all about staying in our own journeys. And when we believe that we have a calling or a vision for our life or a hope or a dream that we don't want to quite let go of, or we don't want to settle, 
a lot of us feel like we've gotten specific words from God, whether it's regarding a future spouse or it's regarding a career goal or even something for our families. And I think the world just saturates us with all of these messages. And you know, it's good marketing when you're like, well, maybe I should settle for that. Right. right. (laughs) I know we can all, like all of us can relate to the idea of waiting and what does it mean to wait well? And rather than sitting back eating bonbons on our couch, like eating ice cream, watching movies, just waiting for that cool thing to happen. I feel like when we can be intentional in the wait and when we can draw close to God, that he'll draw near to us. And when we can have a responsive heart to the way that he woos and pursues us. And if we engage him in conversation, he can actually take us along the journey and waiting well doesn't have to be hard. Like waiting is hard, but, but it doesn't have to be as hard. Right. And it it doesn't have to be impossible. And, and then I think getting to do that along with a community of people along the journey with us, You know, we just had some people go through it for 25 days um, more recently. And, you know, there was 40 people that didn't know each other and yet they were sharing prayer requests and feedback. And it's just, it's really awesome to see. So how it all came about though, was for years and years and years, I felt called to write a book. Well, I wasn't quite courageous enough to actually just sit down and write a book. Uh So I actually wrote these different devotionals along the way. And then once I got through, it was a season where I was like, I think I could put 25 days together because they all kind of relate. So I did and we put it all together and just released it. So beautiful. As we wrap up here, what is the key? I think about the title of your book. What is the key to staying in the story? Well, My life verse is Ephesians 3.20. It's he could do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine through his power working within us. I love it so much that I even got it tattooed on my arm. (laughs) Just to remind me. Just to remember. (laughs) That it truly is his power. I totally believe that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that's a direct quote out of the Bible. I believe when we can find encouraging things for this season that get us through to the next season, we can live a life that transitions well. We can transition well with others. And I just want to make a commitment to myself that I'm never going to give up my faith. I absolutely believe that when Jesus talks to the disciples and he's, you know, all this stuff is happening and he asks them, you're not going to give up on me. You're not going to unfollow me too, are you? And how the disciples are like, who who else are we going to follow? And that's kind of how I feel like life can throw some nasty stuff at us. But in the middle of the mess, if we cling on to Jesus, he will get us to the other side. Absolutely. What place are you in between that we can be praying for you about? Oh man, I feel like Life is always a transition for me. I am still single. So that's a huge desire of mine that I'm probably not going to shy back from asking for prayer over. But 
you know, as we all continue to navigate transition well and learn how to wait in the process, just that all stays strong. And live beautifully in the place in between, really. Absolutely. Awesome. Wendy, thank you so much um, for just sharing more of your beautiful story and how much you love the Lord and the heart that you have for people is, is so inspiring. I know for me and for so many people in our community. So I love you. Thank you. Love you. Thanks again. I'm over here cheering you on, friend. You just finished another episode of the Places Between podcast. If you want to access more, be sure to subscribe or visit theplacesbetween.com to learn more about our guests, episode sponsors, upcoming retreats, and more. Like Stay in the Story, a 25-day devotional all about staying in your story while you wait on your dreams, on God, and on life to come to fruition. And lastly, if you're looking for an online community of people who also want to transition well, then come say hi over on Instagram at The Places Between. As always, thanks for taking time to dive into The Places Between. Until next time, keep enjoying that journey.